Welcome, everybody, to another Haven of Horror. Uh, this is kind of our Decades of Horror, but we're, we're not going to get all, to all the decades like we did last year. So I'm just kind of cherry-picking the ones we cover, uh, <laughs> doing the ones that I wanted to do. And today we are doing Night of the Living Dead. My camera filter is really messing with it. It doesn't want to show it. It's too blurry. <laughs> um, somehow... The last one of these we've covered, because we already I've already done Day and Night, or Day and Dawn, uh, and I've done the remake of this, uh, which is very good. Yeah, I couldn't remember if you had already done this movie before, but I guess I was thinking of the remake. Yeah, we did the, the remake with the great Tony Todd. Um, yeah. So, obviously, 1968, George Romero. Kind of created a subgenre. By kind of, I mean it did. Um, but it's interesting going back to this, right? Because the rules aren't set yet. Yeah, this this is the kind of the thing that establishes like everything everyone knows about zombies. I'd argue that it's actually not. But before we get into that, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh Give us a plot synopsis. I couldn't think of the words. <laughs> so, um, Night of the Living Dead, it's about a group of people uh, trying to survive a zombie outbreak as soon, you know, right in the beginning of it happening. But um, first we meet this this woman, Barbara, who's going to the grave of uh, her father with her brother. And there at the graveyard, they run into this zombie who attacks them, then Barbara you know, runs away as her brother gets eaten by the zombie. As you, are, um, as you tend to do. Yeah. As you tend to, yeah, you tend to run from zombies. Uh, and she finds this house with um, this guy, Ben, um, who kind of becomes, kind of takes the role from, of main character from her at a certain point. Um, and then you have all these other characters and it's very character driven very focused on the drama between you know how they want to survive and what they want to do to uh, avoid the zombies more so than it is about like the kills or anything else it's really just about the uh individual character drama yeah um which is what all three of his movies are to cer certain degrees uh, and what a lot of people who are aping these don't understand these aren't great movies because there's a bunch of flesh-eating monsters. They're great movies with flesh-eating monsters. Yeah, they're not they're not great because of the zombies. They're great because of the people, the main characters. Maybe the people were the real friends we made along the way. Yeah. So I mentioned at the start of the review that I don't think this sets any of the rules. Or it doesn't set most of them. The headshot thing is not mentioned in this movie. Is it uh, no, not I unless remember, I missed it. I remember on the news when they're when they're talking to the like group of people that are killing zombies. I think some one of them said something about aiming for the head. Okay, maybe the big thing in this one is the fire. Yes. Uh, they don't call them zombies in this. They're ghouls. They're ghouls or those things. They don't 
set. They don't specifically say that it's the bite that changes you in this one. Um, and the zombies are smarter in this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, the they one, are kind of dumb, but yeah. I, I'm When I say smarter, I mean smarter for a zombie compared to right. like Dawn of the Dead. In this one, they're using rocks and gardening tools and That's stuff right. like that. Yeah, Whereas, yeah the little girl zombie killing her mother with the like something from the tool shed or whatever. Yeah. Whereas Dawn is the one that's, you know, they're zombies. Shoot them in the head. The bike turns you, etc. Um, and obviously Dawn is, is the best one. I'm sorry. That's just a fact. If you disagree, you're wrong. Sorry. So... After watching this again, I think that's actually pretty debatable. Ooh, I don't think so. Go back and rewatch Dawn. I do need to rewatch Dawn because it's been a while. But um, I think they're neck and neck for me at this point. So I will, I will up front say I've never been. I've always considered this the weakest of the trilogy. Um, I still do. But not in a bad way. It's just it's in a trilogy consisting of the three three of the best forms ever made. Um, this is the best experience I've had with this. And part of me wonders if it's because I watched Halloween Ends last night. So this was a breath of f- fucking fresh air. Oh, uh, review of that coming Monday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, Barbara's not as annoying as I, I always remember her being. And I don't know if that's something that I've just either... She annoyed me more in previous viewings, or it's in my head that she's annoying. Because I feel like that's the big common complaint, right? Yeah, it is. And I, I've heard that a lot. And I, I do understand that complaint. Um, I don't think she's all that annoying. On, on this viewing, I kind of uh, thought about it. And I feel like she is... She has the reaction that most people would have in this scenario, where you kind of just freeze up. And you have no idea what to do because, like, this is completely like well, and changing event. And it's funny because I remember her being a lot more obnoxious, not just like the freezing up. But I seem I always in my head I always remember there being a lot more of like her screaming and crying, and like there's little bits of that, but it's it's not as annoying as that. Um, no, it all just kind of feels natural, like. This is yeah. how would react in this scenario. Yeah. Uh Dwayne Dwayne John Dwayne Dwayne Jones. Yeah. Fucking great in this movie. He's amazing. He is amazing. <laughs> I love Tony Todd. Tony Todd is also amazing in, in his take. But like, damn. Dwayne Jones was he knew what he was in. Yeah. Um, and I think he's probably the best actor in this movie, but um, across the board, I think the acting's pretty good. Um, well, what's it, impressive... It feels... Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. The acting all, all around is good, which makes it more impressive that... So, uh, you know the farmhand that gets killed? Yeah. This is his only movie. Oh, really? Yeah, he wasn't that bad in this movie. Uh, Cooper... Was a film was a producer on the film. Oh, okay. And he's also really good. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I imagine since this was probably like a cheap production, they couldn't afford a lot of uh, like it's big name actors. So they had it's an Evil Dead thing, there. right? Like you just you mm-hmm. bring in a lo- bunch of local people and you make a film. You just made yeah, for Evil Dead, they just made a movie with their friends. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, it, I mean, the acting, I think it kind of lends to how good the acting is because it feels a little bit more natural than a lot of films I've seen from this era where it's not like, you know, people are like, oh, I, do, I do, I do need to see more of that, but it's not like people acting like, Oh, I'm in a movie. It's just, they're behaving like how they would people. in this. Yeah. I mean, I will go as far as to say of the sixties movies I've seen, which admittedly is not a lot. And it's the ones I have seen are all in the horror genre. This is the best one. This is my favorite sixties film. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, not on purpose, but, you know, 1968 casting a black man as your lead. Or I, I don't want to say not on purpose, yeah. but they weren't thinking about that when they cast him, so George Romero says. Yeah, and, and it's still a groundbreaking thing. No matter and what. I tend to believe him. So I'm going to get into the political subtext of this movie, I guess, a little bit, which I'm not qualified at all to do. Um, but obviously very progressive with casting a black man in the lead, but very sixties in how it writes the women. Yeah. <laughs> very sixties. Yeah. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> well, it is what it is. Yeah, um, you kind of have Barbara who like, yeah, she's like acts how a lot of people would. Uh, but at the same time, she kind of is just like, screams and is scared throughout the whole movie but you but then you do have the one black character like taking charge and becoming the leader of the group well you've got you've got her you've got mrs cooper who really is just there to do whatever her husband says and then you've got the other lady who runs out and gets herself killed yeah Um, i don't even remember her name the like that guy's girlfriend judy 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 yeah um which I'm gonna be honest, that's always been the weirdest part of this movie. Is like they end up killing themselves because they don't know how to operate a gas pump. Yeah, yeah, that that seems a little awkward. Um, it yeah. is pretty tense though. Yeah, uh, the music in this is phenomenal. I noticed that especially on this viewing, and I think that's what kind of helps set the atmosphere because uh, everything feels purposeful. Nothing is just like oh, you know, we're just do this i guess yeah that uh that the music definitely sets the atmosphere as well as i would also say just the fact that it is shot in black and white which color was a thing at this point but it was obviously there is a there is a color version of this that exists there is a colored version and i haven't seen the full thing but from what clips i have seen it just completely ruins the movie really it's funny, I had the colored version on DVD, because it's just the first copy that I found, and I've still never seen it. Yeah, I mean, you can tell with the zombie effects, you can tell like how fake certain things of. are. And it just the whole atmosphere of the movie just feels different, too. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not as scary. It's not as creepy. I'm glad that you mentioned that, because it is something that I noticed while watching this. In my opinion, with the black and white, I think the gore looks really good. 
Yeah. Like that scene where they're just munching on bones and when flesh. Eating all the meat and stuff. Yeah. That's a really Which, scene. I have heard, I, I don't have any sources. This is just something I have heard. That that was chicken wings, like chicken wings, and chocolate sauce. Chocolate sauce, yeah. I heard that too. Um, oh, I mean, like, <laughs> I couldn't be an actor. You tell me to eat that, I'm just like, you're fucking nuts. Yeah, no, it's, I would, I mean, I would, no one would want to eat that. But, um, I mean, chocolate sauce, it's, it's, uh, actually a pretty good idea if you're shooting it in black and white, just because, like, it doesn't have any color, but it sure looks like blood and it has, like, that consistency to it. Right, absolutely. There's one effect that I think looks rough, but it's not like a deal breaker. It's just something worth noting is when Barb first gets to the house and she's like going up the stairs and you see like the decomposing body. Yeah. I don't know if you had this, but that body looks really bad. Um, oh, I, I wasn't really paying that much attention to it. Uh, I, I, I watched this in 4K so I could see everything. <laughs> oh, that's right. I didn't watch the 4K version. I need to get that eventually. Yes, you do. Yeah, but um, either that or the... I know Criterion has the Blu-ray and now they have the 4K version. Um, now somebody just needs to do a Day of, Day of the Dead 4K so I can have the whole trilogy in 4K. Yeah. No, that'd be great. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this... A lot of a lot of what's interesting about this movie is just the simplicity and the unintentional commentary or you know how, how progressive it was for its time. But obviously there's some thoughtful commentary on just how human beings cannot cooperate. There could be yeah. fucking zombies outside and they will still find something to fight about. And you know with yeah without getting too political again like that's something that uh reigns true today like how divided we are as a country right now um so yeah, yeah I mean, this movie is pretty timeless in that way and i would argue especially i noticed this watching this version they cleaned this up so well this looks like it could have come out today yeah the the criterion part. usually does a uh, fantastic job with with that stuff. The other thing that I think is interesting because the main source of conflict is specifically between Cooper and Ben. And Ben, yeah. A black guy and a white guy in nineteen sixty eight. Yeah. And I like that the movie doesn't side on one side. They're both kind of assholes to each other. They are, and their conflict isn't really about their race too. Like they don't bring that up. Like he he doesn't he doesn't use any uh cooper doesn't use any slurs against ben or anything it's just more so based on their two separate ideas of how to handle the situation yeah and you know that might be the most surprising thing to me that um, this never calls attention to the fact that ben is black yeah especially in the late 60s um i think that in its own way is a pretty you know, good thing about the and kind of progressive thing about the movie. It's just like, well, just it's people. like, and and I appreciate that. Like, I really do appreciate that about this movie. But I I, I have a hard time imagining even in the '60s that progressive progressive was that progressive. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 
Well, but I mean, it, it is also, impressive. It also goes back to what Romero was saying about they didn't have a, a single race in mind for their main actor. So just just the way it, it would have played out the same way if Ben was white, I think. Yeah, I would have loved to see what, like, original reactions to this was. Especially the ending. Like, that is, this is one of the classic, uh, bad endings endings for a horror movie. Yeah. That's the one thing they ruin in the the remake. Oh, really? Okay. I'm gonna need to watch that remake. Yeah. I I like it. It's not, not, like, amazing, but... You got Tony Todd. What's not to like? Tony Todd's the man. <laughs> Tony Todd is the man. And he says Koopa a lot. <laughs> uh, and also in the remake, uh, Bill Mosley uh, Mosley plays Johnny. Oh, nice. Chop top. Did, um, I forget, did you have something you wanted to say about the Criterion 4K uh, release? Yes. So before we go any further, I'm just going to rant about this for a minute. This is the laziest release from Criterion that I have ever seen. Not in quality of the movie itself. The movie looks amazing in 4K. I was surprised. But they just took the Blu-ray that they already sold, slapped it in one of these plastic ones, and added the 4K disc. There is absolutely nothing new about this release other than the 4K copy of the movie. It huh. it even so has and I features are the same. Uh, I believe so. I'm pretty sure they are. And because I have the Blu-ray release as well, it even has the same exact fucking poster and essay. Wow. Yeah, that's not uh too surprising, but they could have put a little more effort into it. I I just I wish at the very least like. I would have. I wanted better packaging. This is just a like plastic case, whereas the Blu-ray it comes yeah. in like those nice digi books. Yeah, they. Uh, they're looking same artwork too. Money there. Same artwork. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's the same cover. It's a pretty good cover. Great cover. Um, and I don't know if you saw it on Discord, but Letterboxd has this as an option for Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, um, I don't have. I, I don't. I don't know if that's available for. Uh, for the, the for like, the cheap users, yeah, the people <laughs> who don't pay for Letterbox. <laughs> also, I miss. I, I don't know about you, but I miss disc art. Criterion's usually is really the one that's still doing it, and there's also like Arrow ah. and stuff doing that too. Come on! Oh, come on! Get in focus. Hold on! <laughs> I'm gonna have to just. That's it. Yeah, no. It looks nice. It is. I mean, it looks nice, but it's just the logo. It is just the logo, but it's like it's at least something. Yeah. A lot of times, you just have like, I don't know, just like. I guess my room doesn't look as bad as I thought it did. I cleaned it up a little bit, but you can see my makeshift shelf in the back. Yeah, a little peek behind the scenes. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I mean, this movie's an absolute classic. Uh, so let me so let me ask you this. Um, 
Because obviously, none of the three movies are connected other than the themes. Do you buy that this is in the same world as the other two? Uh, I mean, I'd have to watch them all back to back. Again. Well, and um, let me just tell you, that is a fascinating way to watch these. Yeah, because I remember uh, Dawn opens up where they're like right in the middle of it. As opposed to this movie where it's the very beginning. Um, so you could, I mean, if you wanted to, I don't think there's anything necessarily like contradicting the events of you any of the movies. That. Yeah, because they're all just self-contained stories. So, you know, if I remember correctly, there's no, like, actual contradiction. So I, I guess you can headcanon your way into these are all set in the same universe. Well, and there's a book that came out a couple of years ago uh, by George by George Romero. Uh, he had started it and somebody finished it. So finished that kind of pieces them together so that they're all in the same universe. And I would say that... I think you could you could connect the first four as all being in the same world. I don't know. Have you seen Land of the Dead? I have seen Land of the Dead. Um, That's the fourth I one. I didn't care for it. Oh, really? I like that movie. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> I think we reviewed that already, but if we didn't, spoilers for my opinion on Land of the Dead. I think you did. So, like, the originals, of course, are all flawless, right? That's like a like a three on Letterbox, you know. It's two and a half, three. It's a it's like fun a, watch. It's like a two and a half, at most. It's fun. For me. Dennis Hopper, man. Yeah, Dennis Hopper. That's true. He's he's good in it. And you get a Simon Pegg cameo. Yeah, but that's just like one second. <laughs> yeah, I like um, that. I mean, I think my ranking would be like. Don's first, and then this, then Day, and Land, from what I've seen. Okay, interesting. So I we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and do that then. You've done your ranking. Mine is Dawn, then Day, then this, then Land. But I always say that they're my least favorite of them, because Land is, you know, 20 years later. So in my head, these are still a trilogy. Um, I'd say the first three work more. As, as a, a trilogy, trilogy, then like land feels a little bit unnecessary. It's like, why are you still doing zombie movies? <laughs> that's all people. That's all he could get. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anything else you want to cover? Oh, we we only mentioned the ending. We didn't even talk about it. Oh right, yeah. I was so segue into it. We didn't obviously. Very important ending. Ben survives, but then is shot because they think he's a zombie. Is the implication yeah, that I get? Because he's very tired and he's like shuffling around like a zombie, so they mistake him for very. A um... But th- but also, I don't know because Romero claims that casting a black man wasn't the original intention, but. There might, I don't know, there might be something there. Well, and I think I think that a lot of people read into that. And there, I think that that is a possibility. Because um, while I, I fully believe him that that's just the best person they could get, I don't believe that doesn't alter your perception of the character. 
as you're right. making the film. So you think there may be some subtext that they shot him on purpose because he was black? Maybe. Um, I mean, Romero, we can bring in, we can talk about authorial intent with Romero, or we could just like analyze it for what it is. And just looking at it for what it is, uh, it seems like, you know, black guy in the 60s these guys could have just used hunting zombies as an an excuse to just kill that guy. Um, I think, I think there's always going to be the authorial intent, but I don't think the authorial intent is the end of the the day. Mm -hmm. That just, that just, I think I'm not like full death of the author, but you can have interpretations that maybe the author didn't think of. I think if you only go by what the author is saying, you are limiting what films can say. Yeah, absolutely. Granted, I don't always pick up on themes right away. And sometimes I just like a movie that doesn't have themes. My favorite movie is Evil Dead 2. Tell me the thematic, you know, importance of Evil Dead 2. Please, I dare you. It's the chainsaws are cool. Yes. Chainsaws are cool and groovy. Groovy. Um, watch that here soon. We need to do a commentary on that. I can't believe we've never done a commentary on you. Holy shit. Yeah, we should. Wait, have you, or that was your first review, right? Evil Dead 2? That, yes, that was our very first review with a whole different setup and and reviewer. Uh, I do plan to revisit that one day. Okay, yeah, I'll be down to review that at some point. I... That will probably be our like first hour long video because I can talk about Evil Dead Two like all fucking day. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, these I'm movies are masterpieces. Good. Evil Dead is still my favorite trilogy of films. Yeah, and as much as I love this movie, I think Evil Dead Two is way more entertaining. But <laughs> I mean, that is you know, yeah, like, that movie's apples, nuts. Apples and oranges. Oh yeah. Um, all right. Um, but yeah, I think I definitely think even if it's not intended, there is the subtext there. Of a white man shooting, hunting down and shooting a black man in the '60s. Yeah, and I think um, Romero also could just be saying that that wasn't the intention, so he doesn't have to talk about it. Like a lot of the directors, even you know David Lynch refuses to talk about the themes or anything, the deeper meaning behind his movies. So you have directors you know, that just want to let their work speak for, for themselves. And I'm usually all for that, but I think if there's one director that needs to explain what the fuck is going on in his movies, it's <laughs> David Lynch. Nah, but I don't know. It makes it so maybe, much more... Maybe not spell it out to me, but give me a fucking clue. <laughs> yeah, that man, he, res- he refuses to explain anything about his movies, which I... Respect. Some directors won't shut up about their movies. Yeah, and I mean, I'd rather have, I'd rather have you just like let your work speak for itself than just. I mean, I give him shit, but honestly, I typically just ignore whatever the director says. Like, unless it's just world building stuff that I know that they're thinking about, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Well, there's there was just that element I was thinking about. Mary, maybe Romero just wants people to think about it for themselves rather than ask him what his intent you know what his whole idea was behind it. and and maybe that's true and i i think that's a very valid uh 
direction to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, I think even with this movie, even with him not explaining, we're all kind of in agreement the themes, right? There's just yeah. little things that are like, this could mean this, but we don't have any evidence of that. Well, all of our evidence is just like in the movie, but you know, everyone has different perceptions of what they're seeing. So, you know, yeah, you can much like Ben and Cooper in the movie, you can get into arguments about, about like what the right interpretation is, but really, you know, it's whatever. (laughs) Also, I want to say the cinematography gorgeous. Uh, There's that shot where the first zombie, you know, comes crawling out and like the lightning strikes. So good. Yeah. This movie looks great. They really, it, you know, was in terms of cinematography and just like effects, they really knew how to use their budget for this movie. Well, and you know, Tom Savini was supposed to do this, but he got drafted to Vietnam. Oh, really? Yeah, and I I know that like his experience in Vietnam influences a lot of his work. Yeah, so he didn't make this so he could go on to make Dawn of the Dead, Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. And Day of the Dead. Didn't he work on Day of the Dead? Yes, that is his masterpiece. Yeah. That movie is fucking disgusting. I was going to say, the effects are probably the best thing about Day of the Dead, as much as I like that movie. (laughs) Uh, I like like the the setting and kind of the the claustrophobic nature of it. I would argue that movie is even more claustrophobic than this one. Oh yeah, there's a debate there. Yeah, also, watch it again. Though. Without question, the best human villain in any of these movies. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the, I'm running this monkey farm shit. now, Frankenstein. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> I love that Red Letter Media plays that clip all the time. I love it. It's so funny. Yeah. Um. Well, Noah, I, I have a it. feeling. I know what your answer is going to be. What is your final score for Night of the Living Dead? 10 out of 10. That is not our scale, sir. <laughs> 5 out of 5. There you go. Forgot well, where, forgot where I was. <laughs> How dare you? Well, sir, it looks like we have another addition to the 5 out of 5 club. Because I'm giving this a 5 out of 5. A 10 out Just, of 5. Funny, because I looked on Letterboxd when I went to re-review this, and last time I only gave it a four. So it went up a whole star this time. Same here. Yeah, I only gave it a four last time. I don't know. The last time, I think the last time both of us watched this movie was a little bit of a weird experience, but I think we both had a better viewing this time. Then tomorrow you're going to go see a worse movie, so this will look even fucking better. Oh, God. Oh, I'm so <laughs> I don't know why you just didn't watch it at home. Because uh, a friend of mine wants to see it. You can't invite... I don't, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, anything else that you want to bring up before we call it a night on this review of the classic Night of the Living Dead? No, uh, I think we covered everything. And Honestly, I think it would be a shame for uh, Horror Channel not to give this a 5 out of 5 perfect score. I mean, you say that, but I didn't give Halloween a perfect score, and here we are. Nothing safe here, folks. Except Evil Dead, because Evil Dead 2 is a masterpiece. 
All right, Noah, as always, it has been a blast uh, talking movies with you. I'm so glad we finally did this. Um, and next week, The Lost Boys. Find our first time seeing it, and we will have, unless something changes from now to next Friday, uh, we will have Connor Nielsen back on the channel for the first time since The People Under the Stairs. Hell yeah, I can't wait to watch that movie. Same, I'm so excited. Well, we will see you. Uh, oh, and of course, Monday, we will be doing a Halloween Ends live sh- uh, review. I might just say fuck it and live stream that one. We'll see. Yeah, it's been a while since you did a live review. <laughs> yeah. So we will see you guys Monday uh, for Halloween Ends. Have a great Good night, Monday. everybody. <laughs>